Morning Church, second week of lockdown, yet nothing stops us from having the word of God. Praise be to God and thanks to the online ministry as well as to Brother Jeff who's made this possible. In the past few weeks, we've been discussing the book of Acts, which consists the Acts of the Holy Spirit and of the apostles in confirming God's word. We see how the Holy Spirit is poured on 3,000 people and how the believer has been given the authority to heal people and cast away all the curses. The lame man not only got his healing, but he got inclusion into the community. He got to come to church. We hear how Peter tells everyone that it's not their power that they healed the lame man, but it's the name of Jesus. Last week, we saw how the apostles were persecuted and put in prison, but the angel led them out at night. Today's reading is Acts 7.54 to Acts 8.8 stoning of Stephen, and the church being persecuted and scattered. Let's recall as to what led to the stoning of Stephen, as he was full of the Holy Spirit. The word of God had increased, the blessing increased, and we see the splendor and glory of God growing. In Stephen, the blessing is at work, He did wonders and miracles. We also see Satan's work pattern that was similar to which was done with Adam and Jesus, the father of lies at work. So let's go back to Acts 6. We see that Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among people. And then we see in verse 10, but they could not stand against the wisdom the Spirit gave them as he spoke. See how the Holy Spirit through Stephen tells us that God always wanted to be God for humanity and their descendants. As he knew The real enemy since Adam was the evil powers which they were not aware of. Now we see in verse 11, then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we've heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and teachers of the law they seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses. Father of lies makes you do this, church. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin, verse 15 we say, looked intently at Stephen and they saw His face 
was like the face of an angel, since he was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, the, we see in Acts 7, the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? Now, we get to hear how the wisdom of God speaks through Stephen. And this is how he speaks. To this he replied, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. He gave him no inheritance, not even a ground to set foot on. But God promised that he and his descendants after him would possess the land. Even though at that time, Abraham had no children. God spoke to him in this way. Church, we have to see that God always speaks things which are not as if they were. We see in Romans 4.17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Can we do this? Yes, we can follow God similarly. I am not saying this, church. You can check the scripture. In Ephesians 5.1, he says, Follow God's example, therefore, as clearly, as, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then in 1 John 4, 4, it says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So, then he goes on and he explains how God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision and so Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac got Jacob and Jacob got the 12 patriarchs. Now, we take a moment here. Due to this, we have the two testaments in the Bible. Testament is a covenant, which is nothing but agreements. One is the Abrahamic covenant, and the other one is God's covenant with Jesus. As part of this blood covenant, he gave Abraham a new name, a covenant name, Abraham, a father of many nations inserting a letter from his own name, Yahweh, in the, into the middle of Abraham's name. Then we see how the patriarchs moved with envy and sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. And delivered him out of all his afflictions, 
and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him the ruler over Egypt and all his palace. So again, Stephen is explaining us how God is always with his people to bless them. So in verse 17, it says, but when time of the promise drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out newborn babies so that they would die. Now, this is again a humor of our God. And we see here, at that time, Moses was born as he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was scared by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him, brought him up as her own son, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptian and was powerful in speech and action. So we see how, how the Holy Ghost is grooming up Moses, though Pharaoh had declared death sentence on all the young ones. He helps Moses to get out from there, get into Pharaoh's own kingdom, get educated, get taught everything, and he's ready. And then we see in verse 30, after 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. So church, we see that again, God is telling him that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses is trembling as we see in Proverbs 1.7, it says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And then we see in verse 35, as, as is always done, though God helps, people do not realize that. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, who made you the ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself. Through the angel who appeared to him in the bush, he led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. And we see again in verse 39, but our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and their hearts turned back to Egypt. 
They told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt. And they go on. And they even say, it says in verse 44, our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in wilderness. It, made, it had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. And we see in verse 48, it, Stephen brings out, however, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them. When they took the land from the nations, God drove out before them. It remained in the size, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will be my resting place? Has not my hand made all these things? So we see how Stephen is saying that God lives in us and that as and when we accept the Holy Spirit, how he is guiding us all through. And when he says all this, and he's done with this, he turns around to the Sanhedrin. And he points out to them and he says, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through the angels but have not obeyed it. Now we see here, he says, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. So again, referring to the covenant of circumcision, of being with God. And it's clearly saying that these were not with God. We see in 1 Samuel 17, 26, how David also refers to the uncircumcised Philistines when he's going towards Goliath to attack him. And now we come to Acts 7.54, today's reading. So we've seen till now, church, Stephen explains how God promised Abraham and kept his promise. God was with Joseph, and even though his brothers sold him as a slave, he rose to a powerful position. Then the other king who did not know Joseph dealt deceitfully with the people, but Moses was placed there and brought them out. And though, and finally, Stephen convicts the Sanhedrin because they did not accept this, the Holy Spirit. Jesus does tell us in John 16, 8, that the Holy Spirit will come and he will convict us. And we see that because Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, 
He's convicted the Sanhedrin. And we see here in Acts 7 how Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. And in 59, after when he was stoned, because he was full of the Spirit, he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. We see how Saul approved of killing him. And Saul is after all the, apostles, all the people of the church. And we notice in this verses, it says, all except the apostles were scattered. Even though these were scattered, we see how the Holy Spirit is at work. The Holy Spirit is always moving, church. We see it right from Genesis that the Holy Spirit is on move and is always in action. We see here that when Philip goes down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there, when the crowd Crowds heard Philip. They saw the signs he performed. They paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Now, my question here, church, is who is the real enemy? We have seen how the bad spirit is against the good spirit with obviously known results that the good will win because Jesus won the battle for us. Two verses I would like to highlight here is 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Ephesians 6.12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Church, spirit of fear is the spirit of Satan. So if we are with God, we will not have the spirit of fear. In my own life, I have used these two to change how I look at people and situations. At home or with anyone with whom I deal, I always know if I am scared, I tell myself, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And even if I am offended or get angry, or I feel that I am offended or getting angry, I tell myself we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. And immediately, I am in control. Now we see that the Sanhedrin had fear of Stephen, and that's why they were under the grips of Satan and not with God. And they thought that Stephen was their enemy and he had to be put down. But on the other hand, we see God 
was with Stephen. The Holy Ghost was in him. And what Stephen says when he's dying, he says, do not hold it against them, for they do not know what they're doing. We had seen this, that even Jesus had done that when he was dying. How are we responding to the Holy Spirit, to our Father and to Jesus, the author of life? Are we rejecting? Are we ignoring? If we are not in the word, we are exposing ourselves to living dangerously as we are wrestling against powers we have not seen. Why are we attacked? We are a spirit having a soul living in a body. Dr. Caroline Leaf says in her book that our spirit is 99% of who we are. So we need to speed, feed our spirit as it is under attack continuously by the evil one. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to this pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Why? Because by default, our spirit is under the influence of Satan. And only by meditating on the word can we get transformed. How do we know this? Because it says in Romans 5.19, For just as through the disobedience of one man, which is Adam, many were made sinners, all of us, so as through the obedience of one man, Jesus, many will be made righteous. That includes us. And Jesus tells us in John 6.63, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The very words I have spoken to you are the spirit and life. As we are spirit, which is, you know, 95% or more than that, when we are in the word daily, we are moving up, moving close to God, which enables us to move boldly into the community and spread the word and show his love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, through the Holy Spirit, guide all who listen to your word to freedom from the evil one so that they live an abundant life. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you.